A New York psychologist is accused of his wife's death a year after being hailed the hero for saving her life. While under investigation, he must journey to West Virginia to honor her burial wishes and uncover her secret past. And welcome to Crime Scene Time Machine. As always, I'm your host, Scott Roeder. And today we are going to be diving into this time machine uh, and looking at a crime that's part of a film. First time we've done that here on Crime Scene Time Machine. And our guest, best known as the visionary behind feature film, Such a Funny Life, which is now on various VOD platforms. Oliver Mann cut his teeth in the entertainment industry by writing, directing, and producing short films since 2005, such as Geometry and The Action Hero, which have premiered at various film festivals. And now Oliver Mann is tackling an ambitious film called Hero Lost Dirt. And welcome to the show, director, writer, film producer, Oliver Mann. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. So why don't you tell everybody about this film, uh, how it was conceived, and uh, get, us, get us going on how this relates to crime scenes and uh, the world of film. Sure, sure. So, you know, as we mentioned before, my, my last feature film, Such a Funny Life, it was, um, you know, at once it premiered in theaters and then it, it really started getting rave reviews and people started noticing it. I kind of decided to build that momentum by just going straight into the next film, developing the next film. And that's how I came up with the idea of Hero Lost Earth. It really just was uh, a fever dream as far as coming up, coming up, coming up with something that's that's interesting and creative, which we'll talk about the story uh, later on during the podcast, which has a lot of crime elements to it, a lot of detective elements to it, which is your expertise. And um, it's kind of my expertise in the sense of I did a lot of research and speak to a lot of, I spoke to a lot of uh, people that that delve into that world. So, you know, the, the film is kind of a, a hybrid between The Fugitive and another film called Out of the Furnace. Um, and as well, a documentary called The Staircase. So it has this kind of very, very interesting hybrid of all these different films that has um, a lot of homicide elements to it um, and a lot of investigative elements in the film. That's very interesting that you bring up The Staircase because The Staircase is a famous real case uh, in America's not-too-distant past, which really explores the certainty of crime scene and homicide investigation as it relates to reconstruction and how certain crimes like falling down a staircase uh, or falling out of a window are very difficult to determine whether they're homicides or not because somebody can accidentally do these things and 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 it really called into question um about character of the witness being as equal in the determination of guilt as, as, as maybe inconclusive forensic evidence. So uh, I think everybody out there in the legal world that have seen or know about uh, the film uh, and real case, the staircase um, would understand that that gives a lot of ambiguity to some of the motivation of the characters here. So, um, but before we get into the characters of the film, the thing that I, realized while watching it and after you know becoming familiar with your previous film such a funny life is that you are a new york city guy <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah, my, 
Well, I was born and raised in Maryland, but I lived in New York for over two decades, so over 20 years. So, you know, I have that, you can say I kind of have that essence and I have that style in my films. And New York is, as we all know, it's the mecca of, of great filmmakers and, and of great artistry and people that that create these these very beautiful images and stories. So this kind of just, it kind of just, it really, really became, it, it, just part of my life and part of my stories, especially with with this new film, Hero Lost Earth. It's a it's a New York story, but oddly enough, it goes from and as we'll talk about it later on, of course. But oddly enough, it goes from New York to West Virginia, which is this very very cool separation. Well, if I, I couldn't think of any two places more different than Manhattan or Brooklyn and you know Wheeling, West Virginia, or anywhere down there. I know, right? Uh, and then being a film buff myself, I mean, I love movies and you could probably separate an entire genre of film that New York City is kind of the star of the movie, you know, like maybe Taxi Driver, uh, you know, the Godfather movies, uh, you know, uh, where the city is so alive um, that it actually is a player. And, and matter of fact, in your new film, the city plays a very main role uh, in bringing the two main characters together. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It plays a huge, a huge, huge part. I mean, it's it's a huge backdrop, and it also helps uh, bring a character out of his element once he goes into another state. Um, so it, it really is. It, it's a backbone, and then the character loses his backbone once he's no longer in New York, which is very interesting to see. And tragedy, because when I think of New York City as a character um, to films, um, I think it's sometimes it's the you know it's so busy it lacks passion. But when you get into the pockets, there's so much relationship there because everybody's so on top of each other that it's almost like these forced relationships of, of tolerance. That's really a beautiful thing. And I think in the world of COVID and lockdowns and, and that kind of thing, tell me, uh, Oliver, is New York City still the charming character that we hope it to be? It's getting back, you know, it's getting back to what it used to be. Obviously, things will never, ever be the same, but it's getting back there. But then again, with movies, you can you can make it whatever you want. <laughs> That's the great thing with with film. You know, things have changed a lot. Uh, but with with especially with this film, people are going to feel that electricity in New York, the suspense, the suspense of the films that were made before COVID. Um, and I'm sure we'll get back to it. New York will get back to the electricity it had before. But, um, you know, with the art of filmmaking, with the art of making things up, it's going to look just as vibrant as it was before. Yeah. And that, that's exciting. So I think people need to feel that sense of connectivity. Um, yes. You know, I, I know me personally, you know, as I've gone through my life and the last two years of being somebody who's traveled around the world to be kind of isolated uh, way more than I've ever really experienced, but still be as busy. Um, you have a new relationship with your home, with your hometown, with the people that are you know close by, uh, because I think the world feels like it's shrunk. So I think uh, this film gives a sense of that pre-shrunken world, <laughs> you know, uh, yes, the interconnectivity sure. still, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You definitely hit that on the mark, absolutely. So this film starts with a 
bang. I don't want to give away too much, but when I read the uh, screenplay, I mean, the way you start this film could be, I mean, it's, it's talk about a cold open to grab your attention. And I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not an experienced interviewer on films so as to tease it, but not give it away. But, oh, I want to talk about what happens at the beginning of this film. That's so exciting. Um, and uh, what I can say from a crime scene expert, it struck me as something that happens unfortunately regularly and it's really relatable how you create that is there any way you can share some of uh, the inspiration behind that opening scene or maybe even tease that opening scene a little bit sure well the inspiration is really um i'm trying to think it's very it reminds me of boogie nights uh towards the end of boogie nights you know it's just one of those but in reverse where where Don Cheadle goes to uh, the donut shop after you know his his wife is pregnant and he thinks everything is good is, is fine and then just one action and one event really really changes you know the whole trajectory of your life so that I can say and and so I start that way from the beginning just to really set a tone a, a very very hard tone of of showing how this is how it's gonna begin. Um, a, a very, very interesting, brutal beginning. And then we start to see the characters develop as they get as they get older. So um, that that I definitely can give away as far as just a feeling of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, and in even I think that the way you the way you develop the characters at, at the beginning that there's certain characters, I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying there's certain characters that are extremely important, but aren't long lasting throughout the whole story. Um, and, but even though they're kind of just in it for a bit, boy, they, they're very memorable characters. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously this is a film that's still you're kind of working it. You, you, uh, I wanted to give, we have a huge audience out there, a lot of uh, foreign people in Australia, Germany, uh, South Africa that love American culture, love American films, love the idea of, of a, of a story like this happening in, in, a, in New York city and, and understanding different cultures of America. Uh, you're giving people an opportunity to help with this film and you've got certain um, fundraisers going on about uh, talk to talk to the audience about that. And how can just a regular everyday fan of film be a part of this project? Sure, sure. Absolutely. So at this moment, we at, we're starting a campaign to invest in the film. So I want to I want to be clear that, you know, there's a lot of independent films and up and coming filmmakers that use uh, fundraising, but it's donation based. This is not donation based. This is you invest in the film and you get a share of the company and the company is the film. Um, so reason saying that the, the difference between that is once you invest in the film, once the film is released and we start to get profit slash recruitment, that uh, that investor will, of course, see profit from the actual film. So and I'm not knocking anything against uh, donate towards films. It's just I think this is more of this is more of a benefit towards the actual investor. So anyone could be an investor and this is your way to become an investor in film. This is definitely the, 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 the gateway to invest in a very, very 
wonderful, beautiful film. And and, and mind I say, uh, it, it could be even a masterpiece. I was so struck. I guess I'm fortunate. I'm lucky that I got to read it. You know, I, I did advise some technical things, you know, uh, on it uh, from the standpoint of like, well, is this realistic from a crime murder standpoint and this and that? Um, and I think maybe that's why I got lucky, right, to, to, to get a chance to, to, to look at it. But I was blown away, man. I was blown away. Uh, and it's just, uh, uh, it's hard not to give away plot lines. So, but I think for the for the audience out there, if they go out there, they, they can Google such a funny life and yes. they can find that film. And I think your signature uh, filmmaking style survives from that original uh from that from that big hit that you had in 2019 such a funny life are you bringing that same style is that something that the listeners can go and listen to do they can go see such a funny life and then see hey this is the kind of producer filmmaker that i want to invest in and be a part of is that a, is that a good example for everybody to go to that's a great question. And yes, definitely. It kind of shows you, uh, it reminds me of Martin Scorsese when he did Mean Streets, right? You can see the potentiality in that. And then the next one up was, I believe after Mean Streets came, I think came Goodfellas. Um, that was, that should have been his next film. Or was it Raging Bull? Raging Bull. It was Raging it Bull, was which is, I think, the quintessential movie about Brooklyn, New York, right? Sure, sure. So you get to see the progress once you have more, uh, you know, once you have more expertise and once and once each project costs a bit more. So, for instance, Such a Funny Life was was a bit low budget where Hero Lost Dirt is going to be a bigger budget film. And also we're going to have, uh, you know, we're going to have a different crew. We're also going to have an, an an actor with a with a reputable name to make sure that the film is sellable, but also we're going to have actors who are, who are up and coming that, that are going to be absolutely dynamite. So, you know, such a funny life will give uh, the investors or the people that want to get involved in the film, really, really an idea of the style and what we can do with a lower budget. We're here at Lost Dirt is we're talking about a $3 million film. Um, and within just a couple of days of the campaign going live, we already raised 30 K 30 K and less than, 48 hours so people oh, that's are, fantastic and the goal is three million to for to do the whole film yeah well actually we want to raise tops 1.8 million because we have a lending company who will come come on board with 1.2 once i raise 1.8 in equity um so you know i'm i'm very very confident that we'll raise that $1.8 million, but, you know, we want people to come on board to invest in the film. So, you know, once you see such a funny life, you will see uh, the potentiality in myself and also that the people that I hire to bring a film together. And with Here Lost Dirt, we're talking about a bigger scale, which also means that there's going to be more at risk for myself and my crew. But you will see, I'm really going on set like it's war. Uh, I, I, I'm going. I'm going to war for myself, and I'm going to war for the people that invest in the company. So now, are you directing this as well? I'm directing it. You're talking to the director right now. Director and writer and producer. You wear so yeah. many hats. Are you actually? Are you gonna? Are you gonna pull a? Are you, are you gonna be on? Are you ever on film in any of your productions? Never have. But you know what? I've actually been thinking about it because I like a challenge. I'm always big on challenges. I mean, naturally. Right. I love uh, this. Just being a film director. It's just it's um, it's incredible that I am one, but it's still unbelievable that I am one. <laughs> so 
So acting is something else that I'm, you know, I'm kind of thinking about it, but I'm hesitant because I'm a little, um, I'm a little fearful of, of acting, but I want to do it. So yeah, film, but I've been on television several times and been part of several documentaries. And I always get so fearful watching myself on TV. I'm like, oh my God, you're so ugly. Stop it. Why are you doing this to yourself? You know? And it's, so it's, so it's definitely, uh, uh, I think um, the peacock in people, they want, they like to, to do those kind of things. Uh, you know, uh, obviously I, I love to talk to people and communicate with people, the, thus the crime scene time machine podcast. So I guess if we didn't have a little bit of peacock in us, we wouldn't want to do any of those kind of performance based things, but um but I think you'd be amazing, you know. Uh, so, you know, let's, before we get into the hero movie, which we will, I think let's go back to, um, such a funny life. Uh, this is a movie about a, a kid, a young man who is, lives in New York and he's trying to be a stand up comedian. Uh, he's kind of on his way up, getting noticed, having making decisions. And in the trailer for your for your film, it's a very serious film uh, with comedic moments uh but but the headlines are some punchlines land harder than others and, and that kind of gives you like that king of comedies kind of vibe where you know the 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 underbelly of every joke is tragedy and success is wrought with the failure of realization of the expectation uh and uh, i feel like that's kind of what that movie's bringing out in a very new york kind of way too right oh yeah absolutely absolutely and did i hit it right (laughs) amazingly amazing just it was perfect it was perfect because you know the the greatest part of making that film what one is to show that we could do a feature film but it's also to show someone completely out of their element, right? The stand-up comic who really, really wants to succeed, but he has these these exterior elements that are against him. His family, his father especially, uh, his father intensely once you see the film, um, and also other elements. His friends, him trying to please his friends, trying to fit in with his very, with his very very tough New York friends, and also his his personal demons. So he's fighting all of that, tr- also trying to to stable, stabilize his career. So it's, it's and Hero Lost Dirt is very, very similar, although, uh, although albeit uh, obviously the story is different, but the same feeling. The feeling is a character that where people try to take things away from that character and that character is trying to chase it, lose it, get it back, lose it, get it back. And then we see what happens after we, we go through that, that voyage. <laughs> Yeah, that's a wonderful journey. I see that's a bit of a kind of a theme, you know, in 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 the way you write and and tell the story. It's about, you know, okay, what if the dog catches the car? And then what do you do once you have it? And did you just destroy everything that got you there? And is it worth it? And what do I do now? It, it, you know, it, it's a very heady, almost like a uh, I felt like there's a little Woody Allen in there. There's a little, there's a little uh, interesting, the self introspection, the inverse of the reality of, of how we, we set out goals and those goals have expectations, but then those expectations uh, when they get realized 
uh, those are transformable moments, paradigm shifts in people's lives where big decisions have to be made and people survive or they don't. And there's some harshness to the storytelling. Is that, does that reflect your personal experiences in life in any way? Or am I over projecting? <laughs> no, you're not over projecting nor exaggerating as well. I've, I've definitely had interesting life, but it's really about overcoming those. But then every single day you're, you're encountered with another obstacle. And that really reflects in my films, right? It's just within a, a, a time frame of 60 to, to, excuse me, 90 to 120 minutes. Right. And it's, and it's, it's especially fun to show that to an audience when, an, uh, when, when a character can have something, lose something, and then spend the rest of, let's say, the 60, 60 more minutes trying to yeah. find that thing that he wants back, fighting for that thing. Um, and I've had moments like that as well, of course, um, through throughout my life. Yeah, obviously, it's uh, it's way too much to to talk about now. But sure, some of it I, I bring out of my own life and I bring it into a film. Um, but I make sure that I really, really am. I really, really uh, bring it into another character's life, because once I write a fictional character and a fictional story, there is no barrier to how much we can do into that story. With myself, I know pretty much where the story ends or what my experience ends. It ends in the right now, right? To this day, January 2nd, where uh, where with Adam, the, the protagonist of Here Lost Dirt, you know, I can just go wild with what that person wants, what that person loses, um, which is the amazing part of of screenwriting and then ultimately making the film where the um, where the audience sits down and they feel that this character is losing losing things, gaining things, and then losing things again. So by the time by the time they're done watching Hero Lost Dirt, they they've had a mental roller coaster. And not only that, I remember times where I went to see just amazing cerebral exhausting movies and then i go to a bar after or go to dinner after watching that movie and we had discussions about that movie for for an hour or two right hence the hurt locker i remember i saw the hurt locker and boy after i saw that about an hour or two we were still talking about that and that's the feeling that i want people to have when they see hero lost dirt it's just watching these characters gain lose gain and at the end We'll see what happens. You decide if they made it or if they did not. And you really paint some amazing visual scenes. Obviously, character development is huge in, in everything that I've got a chance to, to look at. But as you read the screenplay, and I think it's an extremely fun thing to read a screenplay in that as a potential viewer, I can paint the things in my head, right? I can make it look however I want it to look. And, and the, but you do a great job of kind of, of, of pointing the imagination of the viewer to these amazing city scenescapes where some uh, uh, pivotal action takes place that's critical to the story and then transitioning it to like this dark underbelly of West Virginia. And uh, it's, yeah, it's really, uh, it's dark. It's, uh, 
it's and it's a I think it's the a perfect independent film because I think if a major studio got a hold of something like this, they want to wrap it up with a little red bow at the end of it and make everybody buy Twizzlers or something, you know. Uh, whereas you're telling a real story, uh, and sometimes real stories don't have happy endings, right? That's very true. That's very true. Sometimes, I mean, we've we've all heard. You know, it, it, the adage where sometimes tragedy really, really is, that's just the way that life is, right? So sometimes yeah. tragedy, sometimes it happens and you can't change that. Or sometimes tragedy is the way that it's supposed to be. Who's to say that sometimes there is, there's always supposed to be a happy, uh, you know, a happy ending or there's supposed to be a bow on that presence. Sometimes the way it is is the way that it is and you deal with it and you did your best. And I think that's what Adam goes through in this story. He's doing his best with what he's faced with as far as, uh, you know, the accent of him, a hero at the beginning, a very, very heralded psychologist, and then him losing all of that. And then everyone turning against him and then him going, having to go to West Virginia uh, to fulfill these wishes that, that this, this thing that he must do. So um, yeah, absolutely. And the, and the viewer, uh, or in this instance, the reader is left to wonder. You don't know what is the truth or what is not the truth in this psychological drama as it's unfolding before you. And I think, you know, the experience of getting to know these characters and admiring them and then, uh, um, and then following them on their path. It's, it's really exciting the way you've done it. Uh, so it is a crime thriller. Uh, one of the main characters does get murdered, right? I mean, otherwise it would be a murder uh, movie, uh, murder mystery. And, um, uh, and, and there's some family relationships that creep up, that creep up. And, and there is a real question, forensic science based real question as to who and how this character dies. And it's interesting the way you put that together with the police investigation, with um, the, the medical components of mechanism and cause of injury, the realism. Uh, you know, when I'm envisioning this, I'm envisioning some, some moments of extreme implied graphic situations because it's a serious matter and i think you have to see it right so is yeah. there is it is how do you handle on a low budget film um something like a very realistic representation of a death experience as a director with you know not a huge cgi budget or you don't have a huge props department and you know engineers working behind the behind the screen with blood and things and stuff like how do how are you going to pull off uh, if i can ask i mean i'm curious just from my perspective of being a crime scene guy and and doing reconstructions with animations doing that with real people and showing it in a way that's realistic graphic and has some integrity to the the earthiness of the fabric of death right in a visual visceral way how do you do that or have you that's thought about that Sure, sure. That's a great question, Scott. Well, number one, it starts with budgeting. Make sure you budget the, the right extras to make sure that scene is real. And as we spoke about the staircase, just to not just to give a little bit, but not too much, it does involve a um, an accident where something happens on a staircase. Um, so saying that, 
we do have to have the right people to come in to uh, to emulate that um, that accident. So it really deals with budgeting, budgeting what we need, and to have the extras around that environment to make sure it's a realistic environment. So, and actually, it's not that hard. It's all about really just budging, making sure you have the right people there right. to make sure that scene is authentic to what is going on. So uh, it'll definitely be done. If, if, if anything, I have other scenes that I'm, that I'm worried about. The staircase scene, I'm not too worried about. I'm pretty confident about that. I'm confident with all the scenes, but there's a couple other scenes that might be a bigger plight, um, but the staircase scene that should be uh, it should what number one is going to be extremely fun to do to see the CSI team there to see the right. the, the homicide detectives. So I'm kind of giving it right there. You know, uh, I, <laughs> interesting point. Um, there is a scene in this movie. Um, I'm not going to give it away, but I think, you know, movie production has been in the news. Matter of fact, uh, we ha- we just did a, a recent reconstruction and we're going to be doing a feature news documentary investigation on the uh, 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 the Rust movie shooting uh, involving Alec Baldwin. Matter of fact, we already did a reconstruction of the shooting itself uh, with regard to, uh, and I think the main issue there is the improper handling of the armory on set. Uh, and uh, being a, uh, you know, uh, gun handler all my life and in the business that I shooting scene reconstruction, handling of even fake weapons is extremely important, as we've seen with Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee. And now these poor people here on the Rust movie and many other people over the years that have been died uh, in stunt accidents in Hollywood and so forth. Um that's a, a concern as well, right? In, in, in producing a film where maybe guns are involved or stunts are involved with realistic representations of people in real danger. So how do you, how are you, uh, uh, maybe you might end up hiring even somebody like myself that would monitor the special effects with regard to weapons and maybe not myself specifically, but somebody with experience who could say, okay, well, this is going to be safe. We can do this with a stunt man and padding and make this look real. We can do this. You know, uh, have you had that experience in filmmaking where you had a handle dangerous stunts or simulated death experiences before? No, not necessarily. Obviously, we've we've definitely handled props, but nothing that's loaded enough with blanks. So we we've uh, we have we did not do that in such a funny life. Are we going to do that in Hero Lost Dirt? I think we do have some situations where we might have to do that, which means everything is on high alert now, especially when right. it comes to yeah. using props, when it comes to using props with with blanks. So obviously when we get to that point, we're going to have you, to- You'll say there. you'll hire a certified armorer, not some kid that's going to go pew, pew, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm sure the insurance companies are all going to be looking at that very heavily now. Oh my God, are you kidding? So a certified armor that's vetted, completely making sure the, the set is safe because that was, you know, that's a huge, huge tragedy, especially for, you know, especially to the DP. That, for everybody involved, that nobody wants something like that to happen. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, what a tragedy. tragedy. You know, films are supposed to be about the imagination of uh, films are imagination, right? This is this is what it is. It's it's the creativity of giving people 
an imagination and and when a tragedy happens in 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 somebody trying to deliver some joy through film that's just even worse so you know all our prayers go out to those people uh and hope everybody can somehow get by in their life and, and move on but um now back to uh i think the fundraiser part because we're we're getting toward the end of the podcast here so i want to give you an opportunity to tell all those people out there are there different levels of investment um is there certain things like the i think the normal people like hey 50 100 bucks i think a lot of people can do that kind of thing but you're looking at mid-level higher level donors why don't you go ahead and break down those tiers of investment uh and and give everybody the url and all of that stuff is going to be in the the podcast webpage on crimescenetimemachine.com as well under uh, Oliver Mann uh, uh, section. And all of our Patreon listeners will get a behind the scenes peek even at maybe a sample of the script if we can get Oliver to agree, you know, so maybe you'll, uh, investors will get to see some scripts or something. Anyway, Oliver, take it away. Why don't you tell our fans how they can invest, how they can participate and what they might be able to expect on different levels of uh, investment. Sure, Scott. So what I recommend is once we're done with this, with this, uh, with this podcast, the campaign will have the different level of perks. And, and not only that, once they invest, they'll also set up a phone call with me. So automatically, once they invest, they'll be able to set up a phone call with me where we can talk about if the investment is high enough, they'll already know what that perk is, but also they'll be, they'll be able to speak to me specifically what includes with that specific perk. For instance, if someone invests $50,000, that's not, they just invest and que sera, sera, I'll wait until the film is out a year and a half from now. They deserve uh, a phone call with myself, perhaps executive producer credit, perhaps visiting the set as well. So we, we just launched a campaign uh, a couple of days ago. So the investments that have come, come from people that have really, really been interested in the film. So for the newbie that wants to invest in the film, I'd say about within 48 hours after the release of this podcast they'll have the different tiers but not only that once they invest um a specific amount they'll be able to speak to me to get more clarification of okay what did i obviously what they invested in and what are the specific perks where they can actually speak to the director himself and where can they find this at do you have a website do you have a i want you to give everybody the link and uh how they can find you sure so it's going to be on WeFunder. I have it here as wefunder.com forward slash hld.film.inc. You got it. That's it. So let's say it again. It's wefunder.com forward slash hld.film.inc. Marvelous. So everybody go there. You'll see a lot of different things. You'll get links to uh, his previous film. When you go to the Crime Scene Time Machine website, uh, we'll have links to all of the stuff there as well. And this is another great project for people out there in the world to get involved in, make some art, make some love. Let's communicate some fun things out there in the world. And, and it's all about that quantum entanglement, people. If you reach out and you try to get invested into something, you'll get that back times 10, whether it's uh, in your heart, in your mind, or in your pocket, you're going to get something back 
for investing and believing in other people's dreams. And because maybe one day somebody will believe in yours. Amazing. Thanks, Scott. That's amazing. I mean, but isn't that, isn't that what we want to do, Oliver? Oh, absolutely. Me and myself, I plan to be a future investor. I'm also kind of building up my portfolio as well. So I know how it is to have the trepidation as well as uh, being very confident in an investment. So, you know, I, I can definitely say that this is a project that's well, well worth it. And you can start at different levels if you are an active investor or if, if you ever thought about being an investor. And this is a project that's, um, I, I dare to say, it's it's going to be an, a success. It, it is, go, I repeat, it is going to be a success. It's going to be more than a success. It's going to be a beautiful piece of artwork out there. And I think it's going to inspire people. I think it's going to scare some people. I think it's going to uh, surprise some people. But most importantly, I think it's going to entertain a whole lot of people. It is. It is. And that's that's what films are about, right? That's what masterpieces are about. And I use that word masterpiece. I don't want to say lightly, but I use it with, with this project because that's exactly what it is. And, and you'll know it once we're on set and once, once people can sense the gravitas of how we plan to make this film, because I'm making this film for my, not, not for me, I'm making it for an audience and I'm making for the, I'm making it for the people that are involved in this film. Um, that's the, that's the, that's bigger than me. And here's a call out to all of you creative people out there, all of you musicians, uh, everybody out there who feels like they might have something to offer. You know, this is your opportunity to get your skills and abilities, your opinions and creativity into the, into the eyes and hands of a creative mover and shaker. And I think those are always amazing opportunities. Uh, whether you just wanna listen or you wanna participate, we appreciate each and every one of you spending the time to learn about this fun film. And I wanna thank Mr. Oliver Mann, producer, director, writer, uh, uh, for being on the show. And um, as always, everybody, I love you. <laughs> <laughs>